What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Brew That Is Fresh. Um, I have been playing a lot of Historic. How about you? This episode's going to be Historic. This is going to be one Historic episode. I'm stoked. About what? Talking about Historic, man. Well, talk about it. Tell me about. Tell me all about it. I got to ask you a question. Are you going to cry when they ban Field of the Dead next week? I cry tears of joy. Really? I thought you've only been playing Field of the Dead decks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what people believe. Buddy, listen, if you don't know better than that, I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> so let's let's talk real quick about Field of the Dead. If, in fact, it does get banned, which I have to think it is because I can't think of any other card right now that deserves a ban. Do you? Well, Can you think of anything? For a little for a little bit of exposition, for those who don't know, Wizard said there was going to be an announcement, a ban and restricted announcement on Monday that only affects the historic format. Which is funny to me because, like, didn't, like, two weeks ago they say, like, hey, do you guys like it when we have, uh, when we announce announcements or do you just want us to do the announcement and everyone was like no just do the announcement like 80 percent was like yeah just do the announcement you don't have to announce and like plan for the announcement just do it and so I, they announced another announcement i listen as long as something's happening at this point i'm kind of okay with it i guess so have you uh have you i know you've been you you i know you you don't normally play too much constructed on arena so i know starting you know your rank was definitely lower you probably are in the gold have you ran into a lot of the field of field of the dead decks down there uh <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second to realize that you were being just a real just a real scumbag there i wasn't um, being a scum no i was being serious have you, uh, I know, I know you're kind of like, I know you live in like a trash can. Have, have you encountered a lot of sewer water down there in the trash can or? <laughs> no, listen, it... when I show my mythic screenshots, okay. It says I'm bronze like 90 in, in, cause I don't play, um, limited, right? I'm, I'm just saying you have, you don't play arena yet to start. I always start in bronze anyways. Well, I'm platinum right now. So that was pretty, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. So I've just been brewing decks all week, uh, for historic and then posting them to like YouTube. So if you guys haven't caught those you can check out my youtube channel at uh, youtube.com slash frank and i got a bunch of different brews up there we did like blue black scarab god we did i just played a uh nickel Bolas tribal deck which was pretty sweet sweet horses you did horses um i also i did do yeah we did like a black white life gain deck which is actually just a white life gain deck uh with crested sun mare um one of the sweetest decks we brewed is mono black devotion rob said <laughs> That I was like, you know, hey, is Mono Black Devotion a thing? Because I saw Phyrexian Obliterator, and there was Grey Merchant, and I was like, man, Mono Black Devotion seems like it'd be sweet. And Rob was like, no, it's kind of a thing, but it's not anymore because it's just too slow and it's just not very good. And so I was like, you know what, Rob, you you sound like a dummy. I am gonna put this deck together and I'm gonna see how it does. And Mono Black Devotion, for me, when I after I built it, I went six zero, and then someone messaged me, and they said. <laughs> Hey, Frank, I don't think you saw it, but I took that mono black devotion deck to Mythic on Wednesday and wanted to say it has been a blast, and Rob was super wrong about mono black being bad. So Apparently hold on. someone took it to Mythic, which is hold pretty on. sweet. This isn't, this isn't fair, okay? You asked me that question, like, within a week of the, the Teamer Reclamation banning, and I was speaking in context oh, of how the deck was oh, played prior. I see, I see. You, Rob didn't have all the information, guys. That's what I'm run. That's what I'm going to run with. Well, regardless, I'm building. I'm building decks. People are going to mythic with you over here, Rob. What What are you doing? Okay. <laughs> what are you doing? 
So I, I fell in love after the Bannings. And um, as you know, I built the black white. Um, Godfair's God, gift. Yes. Because, you know, that's just that card's just busted. It does bust. I love that. I think that card's great. Yeah. So the one of the first things I do whenever I'm trying to um, brew decks or whatever I want to play that's not you know that's that's outside the norm is whenever we get a, a an influx of cards whenever there's like a bunch of bannings or whenever you get an influx of cards that you've had before the first thing I do is I try to immediately go back to when those cards were standard playable and then identify what decks and what synergies were strong at that point. Um, oh really? I, I can't even imagine doing that. <laughs> As so someone who just built mono black devotion. <laughs> so I, I was going back through my Twitter and uh, in my, in my messages, I used to um, correspond back and forth with Zach Elsick. And obviously mm. he's fantastic deck builder. Um, and when God gift first kind of broke out, you know, there was a lot of different flavors well, of it. So I, I don't know. I mean, let's, let's use the term fantastic loosely for the person who invented lantern control, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, it did Let's win. Not go crazy. It has won some things, I think, here and there. You know. Oh, we're not talking about the uh, the pedigree of the deck. We're just talking about can a person who invents such a miserable playing experience be considered be considered fantastic? <laughs> okay. I think the verdict is out. Let's call him medium. Okay. <laughs> medium brewer, resident medium brewer, uh, Zach Elsick had sent me a list that he played. Um, in an SCG event, and he went undefeated in the Swiss. And I basically based my black-white uh, deck, and I kind of changed a couple of the two drops and stuff. And I was using uh, a lot of people think, oh, you want Stitcher Supplier because you want to be putting creatures in your graveyard as fast as possible. Well, when I was actually getting through Diamond, I was running into nothing but red decks, and everyone was trying to play their Hazret decks and stuff. And Basically, when you're playing cards like Miasmic Mummy, which is one in a black for a 2-2 that each player discards a card, or um, Burglar Rat, which is a one, you know, two-mana 1-1 one, one that makes them discard a card, every one of your creatures becomes a 2-for-1 versus them because you're either trading with one of their creatures while making them discard a card, or they're using a burn spell on your creature after you already made them discard a card. So the, the deck was tearing through Diamond. Um and I don't know, it was just, it was super awesome to play. You had Chupacabras to deal with the bigger creatures. Um, you hey, had, you know, what's your, what's your best answer for like a Hazaret? Uh, well, the best answer for Hazaret is just play a two drop that chump blocks it. I mean, that, that's really it. Because once, once you get the creatures in the graveyard versus red and you activate your field or, um, field, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. When you activate Someone's your God Pharaoh's gift. Brain. How uh, do you, what's your, what's your most efficient way to get, how do you get God Pharaoh's gift into play? Uh, so I use the gate. Literally, the gate is the only way. Um, I had okay. very, very few cards that mill, but a lot of people were thinking, oh, you know, we want to get the gate down in turn three and have it, you know, turn into a God Pharaoh's gift at turn four. That's not how the deck was played. So a lot of people really, when they saw the list, because uh, Saffron Olive played it on stream, everyone was like, oh, this is, you know, this is crap and all this stuff. But they didn't realize. And it's also that really ambitious, like getting six creatures in the graveyard by turn four, like, or turn three. You want, you're probably going to have to get them in there by turn three because. Turn three, turn you're playing the game. You're activating, right? Like you're, yeah. So, so a lot of a lot of people were, you know, they, they really didn't understand how the deck played out. And if you play the deck as kind of a grindy deck, you you just win because all of your two drops are eating their resources while providing chump blockers on the battlefield. And then when they attack and you chump block, you know, one goes to the graveyard, you draw a card, discard another, and then basically without any sort of uh, cards that mill your library. Literally in in a turn cycle, if you have two or three creatures on the battlefield, you can immediately um, 
activate your your gift the next or you know get your gift the next turn so it played out very well um if you played those grindy type games with the deck another super sweet card which should not be in historic by the way is phyrexian tower because being able to sacrifice your dude for two mana and then activate your to get your last two creatures in the graveyard and use that two mana to to get your god pharaoh's gift chef's kiss okay realistically though i think this card is fine in historic i don't think this card's like super broken or anything do you yeah, I mean, like, well, yeah, I think the evidence is 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 clear. Like, there aren't that many decks that are like taking advantage of this, which is a good sign of a card not being broken, right? Like, I mean, just because you're using it to good effect in in God Pharaoh's gift doesn't mean like it's broken, right? So I look at the card. Uh, first off, I think everything that we're seeing right now is a little bit skewed because of Field of the Dead and the strength of Field of the Dead. Um, however, when I look at Phyrexian Tower outside of that deck, I see. The black red decks that steal your creatures with claim, or they have the the one mana one one that mills three cards and then they're sacrificing it to mill six cards in one turn and adding two mana on top of it. Um, when it's used in the Bolas's Citadel decks, it allows you to have a turn three Bolas's Citadel and you could essentially combo kill somebody with it on turn three. It, it's, well, how does it's, that allow you to have it on turn three? Uh, so basically, what you have is a turn one dork, turn two dork, and then. You know, three lands, tap both your dorks, and then sacrifice one of your dorks at six. Okay, mana. but you could easily say that like the mana dorks are allowing you to have it on turn three as well, right? Like each one of those pieces is adding one mana, one extra mana. I get that. I'm just saying. I, I think it's doing <laughs> I think it's doing something that we don't normally see. I don't think you can name another card um on a land that does anything relative to that. I mean, but lands have always sacrificed I mean, like sacrificing a creature is not a small cost for one additional mana than it would naturally produce. I don't know. It's just, and the other thing is like, if you didn't have to tap it, that'd be one thing. Cause you could just be like, all right, I'll tap it for a call. Let's sack a creature. Add two. Like then it's just adding like a million mana. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see the argument. I'm not sitting here telling you it needs to go. Um, Sounds like that's what you're saying. Okay. That's, that is what I was trying to say, but then you didn't go along with it. So I kind of backed down a bit. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, you're very, you're very, very obvious right now. I personally think you're wrong and the card needs to stay in the historic format. And if you really can't, you know, judge a card, that's not my fault. So I think it should be staying in the format. It should not okay. be taken out of the format, Frank. Yeah, I agree. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Okay, good. See, like, so I look at a land like Field of the Dead and I compare it to Phyrexian Tower and I'm like, I haven't played against a single Phyrexian Tower, but I have played against like six Field of the Dead decks, you know, and like, I, my, the funny thing is, let's talk about Field of the Dead for a second. Like, Field of the Dead... It's a terrible design. The card is not good. It's not well designed. Um, you you have to do nothing in order to get a win condition and a you know defensive you know blockers you know whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but like, I actually have a winning record against the field of the dead decks between like virulent plagues and like just you know a couple board wipes or whatever. Like, it, it, the deck is it's not super. It's not super easy to combat, but, like, it is possible, right? And I, I think my record is actually winning against it. But the thing is, like, I don't think that's... For me personally, that's not always the barometer of whether you should ban a card. Right. It's a it's an unfun playing experience. When I play against this deck, I'm not having a good time. Right. And the way I look at it personally is, 
if you look at the way these decks have been evolving in the past, just the past week, right? So initially it was like a Bant deck, then it became Soul Tie because, you know, you had Massacre Worm and Massacre Worm. There, there's so many cards that slot into this deck and we're just calling it a field deck because it runs, you know, field many different, dead. yeah, Field of the Dead, many different lands to activate it. But, Hour but the, of Promise. Yeah, the, 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 the deck itself is like a buffet, right? There's so many slots in this deck because right. your lands are what's winning you these games. But there's so many slots where you can go, oh, what's the meta this week? Oh, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll pull these three cards out. I'll put these three in, and the deck still functions perfectly. Yeah, and I basically said it was like Valakut. It's like just you're just playing against Valakut, except instead of Lightning Bolts, they're making 2-2 two, two zombies that stay on the board forever. Right. I Yeah, I agree with that completely. I, I think, I don't know. The, the problem, the biggest problem I have with the deck, like you said, Field of the Dead itself... I don't think it's an overtly powerful card. I don't like the card. I don't think it in and itself is is too powerful. The problem I have is the deck focuses on ramping. The deck focuses on being able to hand select the, the color lands that it fetches, and it does it very easily. Yeah. Um, so my problem is, oh, I can play Trespasser's Curse, or oh, I can play all these colored permanents. Well, next thing you know, on turn five, they have eight mana, they Ugin, and then they minus, and then everything you just did, while not, you know, taking care of your own gameplay you're you're focusing on not dying to theirs they just undid with one eight drop that they cast on turn five because that's what their deck does anyways yeah a lot of the best answers uh for the field of the deck field of the dead deck are negated by ugin in the sense of like they can negative three and get rid of virulent plague or trespassers curse or you know whatever you might have yeah yeah, I just, I, I don't know. We, we have our group chat and we kind of talked about it. And, and I said, like, if you're not worried about Field of the Dead, then what are you worried about? You're worried about the Ugin in their deck. You're worried about Uro because it never goes away. You know, you're worried about them ripping an Hour of Promise because they can basically have five lands, none of them Field of the Dead. But when they rip an Hour of Promise, all of a sudden they have four two twos. Yeah, it's all, it's all downhill from there. Yeah, agreed. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I would, I would actually look be like, turn one Thoughtseize. Thoughtseize is another card. Like, I think if we're talking about cards that should not have entered uh, the historic card pool, I think, I think Thoughtseize is one of them. I, I can agree with that personally. I think, I think, I, think I agree the, with that. I have yet to, to play a black deck that doesn't start with four Thoughtseize, and I, I don't think that's healthy. Uh, like deck design, I don't think that's healthy when you have cards. Like it's like a, it's like a, when you have a blue green deck, you don't start it without four like euros or three euros or however many euros you want to play. But like, I think whenever there's a there's a card that if you're playing its color, you start with four of that card in your deck. I think that's just bad. Right. You're saying you're saying that no matter what type of deck you're building, it doesn't matter. But if you're within that color and you automatically are running these cards, then it it shouldn't be that way. And I agree with you. Yeah, because it just it limits creativity. It's like it's it's just so much of an auto include that like it's you know it's too good. Whereas like if I'm playing black and I'm playing discard, uh, I do have a choice between like thought erasure. Is that thought erasure? Uh, thought erasure is blue black. Yeah. Yeah, thought erasure or like agonizing remorse. Right. So like I do have a choice. I'm like, which one's better? Is the surveil better or is the exile part better? And um, you know that's that's actually nice because like there's no guaranteed like there's no like set like hey I, this is definitely the right choice no matter what right or between those two cards because i think they're both good as far as two mana discard spells right and what i was going to add to that is the other way to look at that too is that if i'm playing black then i have nothing what else am i doing on turn one that i don't want to be thought seizing but right, if I'm, it's not competing with anything 
Right, exactly. But your two drops, right? That's when things start opening up. If you look at every deck, if if we didn't have Thought Season the format and we didn't have, you know, Stitcher Supplier, you're basically going every deck is starting other than Elves, I guess, is starting at two mana. So it starts competing. Do I even want do I even want to take turn two off in order to do this, you know, pre board? Right. Or it's nice too, because like on turn three, a lot of times you'll have a two drop and a thought seize. You know, like there's definitely one mana just slots in so much easier. Like you, there's so many times where you'll have, oh, I have an extra one mana so I can thought seize you this turn or whatever, you know? And, and it's a lot easier in the late game where you're like, I want to resolve this spell and I have one extra mana. So I'll thought seize you and then try to resolve my spell. You know, like I'll see if the coast is clear. Yeah. Um, it's where it's a it, lot harder to do with the two mana discard spell. Yeah, no, yeah, it's super hard. And honestly, it, it kind of lends itself to like a legacy play line, right? It's like, oh, it's the I'm on my three mana now. I can play my super high-powered one drop in order to clear the way for my good two drop. I mean, like, it's funny because Thoughtseize is one of the cards I hear players bemoan about the most. Like, every time someone's like, God, I just hate playing against Thoughtseize. Like, turn one Thoughtseize kind of sucks. Like, it, it makes so many, like, hands that are kind of loose but, you know, justifiable. It makes them, like, unplayable. You know what I mean? Like, I'll keep a hand with, like, four lands, a four drop, a five drop, and a two drop, you know? Yeah. And it's like, which is a fine hand, but once you thought to see someone to take their two drop, they have nothing to play until turn four. So it's like, the game is completely different, you know? Yeah, but this morning before before the news came down about the banning, I built a, uh, a Teamer Blood Sun deck that I was trying to take, you know, because I, I got tired of losing to Field of the Dead. And I had a hand where I had... Um, I had a Nissa. It was a Mulligan to six. I had three lands, a Nissa, and a Growth Spiral. And then you go turn one Thought Seize on the play, and they take my Growth Spiral, and now I just die. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like, now you have nothing to do until turn three. And it's like, I, I can't go to five versus a Thought Seize deck, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's rough. Because they're going to, yeah, then, then you're technically going to four, right? So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just think Historic was kind of pure and it didn't have Thought Seize, and then they're just like, Here's Thoughtseize, and you're like, cool. I can't see a world where they ban Thoughtseize, but the no, one... Yeah, I agree. The one thing I will say about it, though, is at least they're being proactive about the format. I mean, it's obviously huge in popularity right now, and I think the format is great, but as long as they're continuously taking care of it the way that it seems like they have been, like, I, I, I look for... I mean, if you're playing it still, that tells me that tells me a lot about the format. Like, you're finding fun stuff to do, so... Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And uh, I have actually very much been enjoying it. And, like, I haven't... The the ideas I've been coming up with have been putting up results. Like, I think we went, like, 3-1 with the Nickel Bolas deck. Which is funny because it's just a deck that... It was just a Grixis control deck that had nine copies of Nickel Bolas, right? Yeah. And two Ugins. So it was, like, just literally the these, like... It was just fun. It was just a fun deck. And uh, it ended up doing pretty well. Like, Nickel Bolas Ravager is just a sweet card. Nicobolus Dragon God is just a sweet card. Nicobolus Godfair is just a sweet card. So I'm just playing all these sweet Nicobolises and Thief of Sanity is also a sweet card. So, you know, oh, I, know I know how much you love Thief of Sanity. I do love. I want to be <laughs> playing my opponent's spells. That's all. So I play Thief of Sanity and Gonti and then I can just play all your spells and my spells and everybody wins. Well, it's a, sh you. it's a shame you can't play your, their Field of the Dead off your Thief of Sanity. It is a shame. <laughs> it is a shame. <laughs> But yeah, there's like the, the two cards that I've, I've found to be really, really obnoxious in the format are like Ugin and Thoughtseize. Like six, eight mana Ugin. I mean, I think Ugin's going to be obnoxious really in, in any format. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, it's it's funny because, like, when you have formats like this, like even Pioneer, right? Like, when you have formats with lower power levels, cards like Ugin and Thoughtseize that are just head and shoulders above everything else in power level, you're just going to find ways to play them. Yeah, the, like, you hit the nail on the head when you said with lower power levels there there aren't there aren't like turn three combo decks to keep a card like that in check whereas in modern you, you can't get away with running running ugin right like modern doesn't give a shit about ugin unless you're playing it on turn three right or turn four yeah like whereas like you know historic you're like well i can still play this on turn five and that's real good yeah you you've probably got to taken... be stronger than anything else people are doing on turn five you know yeah I mean? like worst case scenario turn five you probably maybe put like a roadblock up against mono red and you're down to like 10 life and then you're like oh I'll just minus one and destroy everything yeah and there's just so many things there's so many permanents and strategies in the format right now that ugin just invalidates right like i mean i guess you could like i was gonna say i guess you could play things like oblivion ring to get rid of it or like you know banishing like whatever but then like ugin just gets rid of that if like that's one of your main forms of removal right like hey I'll Oblivion Ring your your threat. And then they're like, okay, I'll play Ugin, negative three, get rid of your Oblivion Ring. And get and my then I'll back. plus two and shoot you in the face for three. <laughs> right. Like, I ultimated Ugin the other day, and that was pretty cool. But, I mean, like, that, it's just, I think it's just a really strong, scary card. And there's a lot of ramp tools in the format right now, like Mindstone, you know, Cultivate, all these kind of things. And uh, I, I don't think it's particularly difficult to get Ugin down early. It's not difficult. And can I just say, man, is Mindstone such a sweet card? I love Mindstone. I'm really glad it's in the format. I was I was thinking of, I wish signets were though. Like I really love signets, and it's been a while since signets were in a playable format. Like they're not in pioneer, they're not in historic, they're obviously in modern, but no one cares about like modern's just too aggressive for like a card like a signet. But I love signets, and I think like, I was looking for a way to ramp into like an earlier nickel bolus in in the bolus deck, and the only thing I had was mindstone or guardian idol. Yeah. And unfortunately, like those are colorless, so they don't help you cast that five mana nickel bolus, which is like black, 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 blue, red. Yeah. You know? The only thing you have are those are the um the little three mana add one of three. They're like the triomes, but they're three mana artifacts. That's just too slow. Yeah. Right. They're like uh the keys or the key. Yeah, something like that. Key yeah. runes or something like something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, there Doesn't is matter. there is uh there is one card, but it would provide that your mana has to be perfect, and that is the midnight. I think it's called midnight clock. It's a three mana that adds blue. See, it's difficult because well. You can't have a basic. You, you can't have basic island. Basically, if you draw a basic island, you you're it does nothing. Well, right, right, right. Because yeah, because then it's you're, then you have two two blue sources, right? Um, but I mean, better than that, you could play chromatic lantern. Oh, there you go. Which is Let's fine, but I wanted a two drop. I wanted that that two mana signet, that two oh. mana two mana mana rock. Yeah, you're right. My fault. Yeah, there's nothing else. Yeah, because like even at, even at three, like coalition relic would be sweet. So. So I'm can I can I tell you something and I'm gonna try it now that you just made me think of it. So so here's a sweet line that a lot of people don't know about. Okay, oh, wow. if you if you oh, play <laughs> if you play um, I can't remember what it's called. It costs one and a blue. It's a one three. It's um, it's a creature, and you can tap to add two mana uh, to activate artifacts or to cast an artifact. Yeah, it's like the one three from Dominaria. Yeah yeah yeah. So you can use those with the uh, with the eggs. And you can utilize them to produce two mana of any color to cast any spell. So that is a way to cheat some some uh, out of some eggs, some mana out of some eggs. <laughs> you can guess you could cheat some mana out of some eggs. I just went re real deep there. <laughs> that you know that is real deep, and that requires me to have this shitty one three in my deck, and also 
a bunch of eggs. Hey, never underestimate the power of being able to cast a Golos on the play on turn three. And then activate it the next turn. Okay, I won't. Okay. Okay. Oh my god, did you see what happened yesterday? Yeah, you did because you saw a clip. There was a clip of what, what we did. I was playing this ultimatums deck. This is a standard deck though, so it's kind of um it's kind of different. It's not historic per se. But I had seven mana, but I couldn't cast Ruinous Ultimatum because I had a breeding pool. <laughs> and I couldn't cast Inspired Ultimatum um, because I had a... What's the, what's the other? Uh, it would have to be something... Overgrown Tomb. Yeah, something green, black, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I had, I had two lands that would get me to seven... But because of those two lands, I couldn't cast either of these ultimatums that were in my hand. So I had a Golos on board. And I wanted to ruin this ultimatum because my opponent's board was like Lucky Charm, Beanstalk Giant as a 7-7, Fey of Wishes, and uh, Edgewall Innkeeper. So they had like all of the, the, you know, the adventure components going for them. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm at 10, they're at 18. We have a Golos, and I'm like, well, I can play this 7th mana and activate Golos. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the best I can do here. Not First bad, by the way. First card we hit off of, of Golos, Ruinous Ultimatum. And I'm like, <laughs> yes! Wow! We have two Ruinous Ultimatums in the deck. One was in my hand. The other one was the top card we hit off of Golos. And I was like, I lost my mind. Second card we hit off Golos, Genesis Ultimatum. So, we just hit two Ultimatums off of Golos. So we just got 14 <laughs> mana worth of value. So we cast Ruinous Ultimate and we wiped their whole board. You know, like you do. So now they have nothing. Uh, we then cast Genesis Ultimatum. You know what our hits are with Genesis Ultimatum? I saw. Tell us. Tamiyo, Collector of Tales. So which, we can get back anything we want. Yeah, I was going to say, which gets back uh, Ultimatums. <laughs> yeah. Chromatic Lantern, which is just fine. That helps us cast the Ultimatums. Uh, Ugin, <laughs> the Spirit Dragon. They ate Mana Ugin. Uh, one Eerie Ultimatum, which just goes to our hand because it's not a permanent, and one Shadow of the Sky, so, so it's, you know, goes to our hand, not a permanent. So basically drew two cards and then put 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 more mana worth of permanents into play. So in total, this Golos activation got us 29 mana worth of spells. <laughs> and then as soon as we cast the Ugin off of Genesis Ultimatum, the opponent was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> and then they scooped. That's awesome. And it was the best Golos activation I'd ever experienced. That's pretty awesome. It was oh man, I lost my mind, dude. I had a it was I, wonderful. I had a fun I had a fun Golos chain um where I ha I had something stupid like I had like like 12 lands out in this deck um that was playing uh, a lot of ramp. And it was running I think it's called Chromatic Orrery, the the seven mana artifact that taps for 5 and all your lands can tap for any color. Or or you can use your lands as they were, mm -hmm. though they were any color. Yeah, and mythic. Yeah, so like I, I I can't remember what the board state was, but basically I had my Golos out, I cast it that turn, and then I activated the Golos in the same turn, and then I hit I had a Nissa on board, so I flip over a Chromatic Orrery, and then I flip over another Nissa, and I can't remember something else. I don't know. So then I go, okay, I'll use the the Nissa I have on the battlefield to untap a land for uh, a forest, so I get double mm -hmm. double power there. And then I tapped the, double power. Then I played. Then I played the new Nissa, untapped another land, did it again. Got the, played the Ori for the other five mana. So I netted two mana on that on that whole thing because I ended up with nine. And then I activated it again. 
And I, I can't remember, but I ended up chaining like four activations, something stupid, like four activations in a row, and I ended up casting all four Nissas um, to make to make more mana. Golos? Off Golos, yeah. That's <laughs> wild, dude. Yeah, Golos is fun, man. I think, yeah, Golos is great. And someone was like, do you want Solomon Smilacrum in this deck? And I was like, I would just play another Golos. Yeah, Golos is so sweet. Like, if the goal of your deck is to, like, cast and activate Golos, like, just play more Goloses. Yeah. Yeah, I love Is Chromatic Ori legendary? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. I'm going to look it up because I don't trust you. Yeah, it is. All right, you're right. You know what else is sweet? When you when you have six mana Ugin, it, it costs it it costs you net zero to cast it. Oh yeah, it costs you five. Yep. But then you can tap it for the five, so that's great. Yeah, yeah I think six mana six mana Ugin is definitely one of my favorite cards. Like I keep playing six mana Ugins in decks because it's just a great planeswalker that can fit in anything. And it's always impressing me. It either vindicates something, it makes a two two, draws you a bunch of cards. There's been times where like things have been like you can play uh, eight mana Ugin right after six mana Ugin because he costs six. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, 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 lo- I love I love I love six mana Ugin. Um, I would play it a lot more, but I I just think there are so many cards that are just better. Well, I don't want to say they're better. Okay. Like I th- I think okay. six mana Ugin is is like the perfect planeswalker design for what it should be in standard. But I think there's so many cards like Uro where it's like, all right, well, it feels bad that I have to kill your Uro. It never see that never bothers me. I'm like I still like. If I need an answer to Uro, like, I don't mind having me use an Ugin to do it. And then they just have to still find a way to beat my Ugin, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Just some of the card advantage stuff just feels bad. Yeah, but Ugin sticks around. It's not like you're negative three and he dies, you know? Like, you still get an Ugin. No, no, they gut shot at it when you minus it. They gut shot okay, it. Okay, well, that's rough. Yeah. I know how that feels. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that wasn't where I was going. I know the feeling. <laughs> we have a good time. So yeah, I mean, I've been actually, I mean, super impressed with like the openness of historic, and like, I keep just looking through all the cards that are legal. I love the jumpstart cards are legal, yeah, because there's definitely been really cool jumpstart cards that I've wanted to play in the format, like, um, like I think I like the the one mana elf, like the one mana, oh, um, the Allosaurus, Allosaurus shaman or whatever it is, like the the one that your green spells can't be countered, and like you can make your creatures get plus X plus X. Rex the number of lands you control. It's really it's a, it's a very sweet card, and it's like seventy dollars in real life or something ridiculous because it's only in Jumpstart and it's very strong. Um, but yeah, because it's, it's arena like and it's historic, you can just play these cards in that format, and it's it's great. I've, I've had a great time with brewing with historic, and it's been kind of successful. Like I feel like I have a pretty decent win percentage right now. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of sweet stuff you can do in historic. Um, Elves definitely does have a lot of support. Um, Crater Hoof, Arch Druid to cast it. Like Elves, Elves is super strong. I'm kind of surprised that we don't see more of Elves. I haven't played it enough to wonder why it's kept in check, but maybe it's. Oh, you guys can check out my YouTube channel for a video with Elves in 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 historic. So. I didn't know you played Elves. Yeah, well, maybe if you caught the stream more often, Rob, you would know. I try, dude. I can't. I can't. I can't do this anymore. I, I still subscribe. Go. I do appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I, I just like I like I love it when I I love it when I pop in when I pop in and I'm watching and it's like oh you can send him a message and resubscribe I'm like oh yeah, let me do that. <laughs> hey, look at me. Let me look at I'm gonna go check and see when that elves video went up. So we played elves in historic on. Looks like the video went up on YouTube on August 18th, so like three days ago it would have been like Monday maybe Monday or Tuesday. Whenever the 18th was. 
<clears throat> yeah, it was also it was pretty sweet because you have a, so many lords in that deck. You have Imperius Perfect from Jumpstart. You have Elvish Archdruid. You have Elvish Clan Caller. There's definitely some elves that you're like kind of missing. Um, but it's really like because you, you only have one one drop. You only have Lanawar Lanawar Elf right now. You don't have Elvish Mystic, so you only have the single one mana elf. You know what that, the deck needs? Tell me what it needs. Heritage Druid. <laughs> yeah well i mean it definitely does like heaven's yeah. would be great also nettle sentinel sure like let's just add all these but like the deck was pretty it's still pretty good like i was still pretty impressed with it so no i i think you i think it's sweeper or bust if you if you don't hit a languish or you don't hit a sweeper you're gonna you just lose that deck i mean it has built-in card advantage it has super super crazy amounts of ramp and and then collective you, company was also obviously a yeah a staple in the deck yeah yeah i i um so are there any car? Are there any cards that you are currently looking forward to build? Is there anything that off the top of your head that you've um, thought about building? Um, Demonic Pact. I really want to see what I can do with Demonic Pact. Yeah, in the, the format. I I have not seen a way to sacrifice it or get rid of it yet because I, I just haven't looked. Um, but Demonic Pact was one of my favorite cards in that in that format when like when it was legal and standard, and. Um, I just think it's a super sweet design. It's so like I look at a card like Field of Dead and I'm like this card sucks sucks ass. And then I look <laughs> at Demonic Pact and I'm like, this is a great design and you should make more stuff like this. Like it's rewarding. It has three great modes. The cost is right. And um like it, it it's a risk though, right? You're taking a risk and it requires you to be a little more creative. So so here's some cool stuff you can do with your demonic pact, right? So there's Flicker of Fate, which is the one in a white instant that flickers an enchantment or a creature. You have Gideon, obviously. Oh, that flickers an enchantment? Yes, so you can, yeah. See, that's interesting. I'm looking that up right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's called Flicker of Fate. Well, I'm just going to look for Flicker, and I assume it will come up. There's Flicker there's, of Fate, two mana. It is a new card from Theros. Exile a creature enchant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so we're talk now. We're talking. See, this is great. So this what is I, what freshly brewed is all about. What I think you what I think you meant to say is there's six sweet modes on it. <laughs> well, there's three modes, but you get to choose each one twice, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. You also have Gideon, three-mana Gideon now, so you don't die. So you can obviously uh, you can cast the um, your Gideon and follow it up with a Demonic oh Pact. Oh, my God, Gideon of the Trials? Yeah. Yeah, that seems bonkers, too. Okay, uh, so it's obviously going to be a black-white deck because white has some of the best ways to deal with and interact with enchantments. So you want to hear something really sweet, too, that you can do that I know you would love to do? I'm waiting. You, you could play Esper. You could put the mode on the stack to lose the game, and then you can discontinuity. <laughs> I, do like, I do like that. I do like that. I mean, the, the only problem is I lose my turn, right? So I'm having to sacrifice my turn here. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you don't have to only use discontinuity that way, right? There's a lot of times when you're playing cards like Demonic Pact where you're like, okay, i got to find something. It's just another card that you can use if you need to. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, that's, yeah, and like, that's the thing. Like, there's tons of, I just, I like that the option exists, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And Flicker of Fate is just straight value. Like, if you're playing, like, Treacherous uh, Blessing, I think. The three mana draw three. Yeah, that one's great, too. Oh, man. It's there, is man. Is there any way to so like? What's there? Is there like a sacrifice enchantment card like that you can gain like something? Like, is there a card that has a sacrifice ability on it? Like, hey, this is a creature you could sack an enchantment to gain two life or something. Because like, those are both treacherous. What was it? Treacherous fate. 
Treacherous, I think it's Treacherous Blessing. I'm going to look it up right now. I mean, that card's great. It's just, it's basically like, um, it just reminds me of, um... Oh, yes, here's another card you can run. Painful Truths? Yeah, yeah. So here's another one you can run. Final Final Payment is the two-mana instant that says sacrifice a creature or uh, enchantment or pay five life. It's a two-mana instant destroy target oh creature. Oh, my God, that's great. Yeah. What about Doom Foretold? Would Doom Foretold have a place in this deck? Absolutely, 100%. It's, it's definitely just a black... Yeah. I think you just play Sakuris, non-land, non-token permanent. Yeah, you can sack your... Oh, Rob, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, this look, this is looking nice, dude. Yeah, there's definitely something there for that. I want to stop podcasting right now and build this deck. We're going to get on stream together? I'm going to do this. I'm going to... 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is juicy. What about the... um That two-mana white creature that makes all your enchantments cost one less? There you go, yeah, yeah. The uh, the one two for two, yeah. I mean that guy was that guy was good in my mono. No, it wasn't the mono white deck. I did play him in a deck recently. Um, jeez, I don't know what deck that was. Though. Oh, it was I think it was just like a black white life game deck. That oh, it was or black was white it divine Vol- visitation. Oh, I was to say Voltron divi- or it was something. A divine visitation deck for standard. Yeah. Oh, with, the, with the Pegasus for enchantments. With the Pegasus. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty sweet card. Yeah, the problem is you don't want to have too many four drops, and you already have Doom Foretold and Demonic Pact, so that's kind of like your 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 focus of uh your four drops, you know. I don't with with cards like D- D- um, Doom Foretold and the card advantage you get off a of Demonic Pact. Like, I don't think you need the Pegasus to win. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Oh man, that's exciting. I am gonna have to buy a ton of packs though because I don't have any wild card. I don't have any Dude. mythic wild cards left. So, dude, listen to me. I I have spent two hundred dollars. <laughs> don't tell don't tell Astrid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I have I have bought the fifty fifty dollar bundle four times in the past week, um, in order to have wild cards. So it's funny because like as as a content creator, someone who needs to play Magic for a living, I usually spend two hundred dollars on every new set on Arena. I'll buy, I'll get the um, the like the bundle that they have at the very beginning. The pre-release and I'll bundle also or get yeah, <clears throat> and then I'll also spend like a hundred in gems to get the ninety packs, um, but that's like you know that that's what I need to play constructed or like to you know to have packs and things. So like, um, after I do that, I usually have enough wild cards that I can pretty much make whatever I want, mm-hmm. and like that adds up. That like like I'll have I'll have enough to do whatever I want, and then I'll have some extra. And so for the next set, I'll have enough to do whatever I want. I'll have some extra. And eventually, it just added up and added up. Yeah. But because I missed this last set, and I also don't think I bought the previous set either, but, you know, it's my my Mythic Wild Cards have been dwindling <clears throat> since then, so. Yeah, so I, I always buy, um, probably end up, like, um, the $50 bundle twice normally. Uh, however, with the Amonkhet release, it, it was way bigger than a normal set. So you're not pulling cards at the same rate that you would normally I also pull them. I have not opened any Amonkhet cards. Oh wow! Really? So you've just used um... wild cards, correct? Interesting. Yeah, not me. I've opened four bundles of it, and I still need to use my wild cards. Well, because I feel like there wasn't as many cards in those packs that I really cared about. You know what I mean? Like, what set is demonic packed in? It's in it's an Amiket for Master. Okay, see, now I'm just gonna. All right, so now I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna get a. Yeah, now I'll just get Amiket packs though, and see if I can hit things I want. 
The problem is, is like I said, that the set is so large. It's not the size of a normal set. I think it's like three hundred and over three hundred fifty cards. I think. So, you'll you'll find that, you know, for example, I want to build the Jeskai deck that runs Gideon, three mana Gideon, and runs like cards like Glorious End and the, all the cards that take make you well, take extra turns. Giving the trials either. Well, that's an Omniket. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so that's the only way I could have gotten it. So I don't have that either. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the frustrating thing to me is that in the past week, numerous people have told me that they wished they could gift or trade yes. wild cards because they have a ton and they're not going to use them. Whereas I will use them a ton. You know what I mean? So it's like the exact opposite. And the alternative is like, <clears throat> there's no way to get wild cards. You can't craft them. You can't like break up. You can't like dust other cards to make wild cards, you know. So it's like your only way to get them is literally just open packs and hope you hit them. So like if I buy a hundred dollars worth of packs and I don't have enough wild cards to build a deck, I just have to buy more packs. You know what I mean? So like it's 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 definitely a kind of it's kind of a greedy business model. It's in shitty this, in this situation from from Wizards because every other trading card game allows you to get rid of you know the cards that you don't want i have tons of cards in my collection that i would love to get rid of but i can't yeah wizards like magic the gathering is the original trading card game and now you can't do any sort of trading whatsoever even in the client even with the, the the computer you know like you can't even trade with the client itself so, like, I can't even trade, like, hey, I have two Mythics. Can I trade them in for one other Mythic? No, you just have to keep that Mythic that you'll never play with. It'll just sit in your collection, and you can do nothing with it. And it's really kind of frustrating. So, uh, can you exp- I, I don't play any other TCGs. Can you explain what dusting is? <laughs> dusting in other, in, other cra- in other trading card games, like Hearthstone or, you know, Elder Scrolls Legends, whatever you want to play. Um, it's where you get rid of a card. So, like, if I get rid of a Mythic you get like either a fourth or a third of the value of that card. So you can theoretically dust like three rares and get one rare of any kind. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But they have like a gem system, right? Like, so, you know, uh, a, a legendary card, which is the highest rarity costs 1600, right? If you dust one, you get 400 back, right? So it's a, it's a low rate. But if you have so many cards in your collection that you're not doing anything with from drafting or from opening packs, like it adds up. Like a lot of times you only need like three mythics, but like, I bet I can find nine or 10 mythics in my, in my collection right now that I would never play with, you know? So like just having the option is better than not. No. Yeah. I think there, I think something does have to change with that. I, I, like I said, I have no other experience with other, other trading card games online, so I don't know how other ones work, but I, I think the easiest thing in my opinion would be if I want to, um, let's say I have no rare wild cards. If I, if I need a rare card, just take one of my mythics and then get rid of my, my mythic and give me, you know, make it like a, an exchange system to where if I, if I trade in a, you know, one mythic is worth two rares, you know what I mean? So yeah. Or one rare is worth two, two uncommon, something like that. Like you yeah. can downgrade. Right. Yeah. The fact that you're literally stuck, like you can have some people with 15 mythic rare wild cards and zero rares. And it's like, well, I guess I can't play. Well, yeah. And it's even more frustrating because like I have 12 copies of opt on my account and I'm like, I don't need this. And like, if they were, if all three of them were different arts, I'd understand, but they're not. Yeah. Like they're all the same art. So why do I need four of this opt four of this? Op- like, 
and especially like when I'm scrolling through to find cards for decks, like, do I need to see every single copy of every single card? Like, there's times where I'm like, oh, three different mind rots. And like when the the scroll bar itself, like the where it shows the cards, has only like five cards to begin with. Yeah. Three ops is taking up sixty percent of the the real estate. That's another thing that's annoying. I like, hate how hard it is to scroll across really all is. of the cards. It's like, I'm like, okay, this is just taking forever. Yeah, it's annoying. It's just, it doesn't feel efficient at all. It's it's not efficient. Also, they recently added like all the it stupid. Looks good. It does, but they added all the, the the search things that you could do, and like when you when you highlight over the bar at the top, it'll give you like a, a menu that's like literally the size of your screen with all these different plus minus greater than less than equals to. And I'm like, you know, I'm like hemorrhaging data, and I don't even know how to use it. Like I just ignore it because it looks so overwhelming. Yeah, there's 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 definitely a lot of little UI tweaks that I would make that I think would make the the client infinitely better. Like when I'm in um when I'm in deck building. And the deck building is like, I have my deck on the bottom of the screen, right? You know that one where it's showing all the cards? Yeah. I have no way to add another card. You know what what I mean? mean? What do you mean? Like if I want to, I have three copies of Jace in the bottom. Oh, yes. How do I add another copy of Jace? You have to search for it. Oh, I hate that. I hate it. Yeah. Whereas if I'm, if I have it the other way and it's on the, on the right side, I can just add, I can just click on, I can click on the plus sign, right? It adds a Jace. So I have to switch the view <laughs> in order to add another copy of a card. Otherwise I'm searching for the card. Like there's two buttons on the mouse, left and right, right? Like if I, if I hit the left mouse button, have it add a card. If I hit the right mouse button, have it remove a card. It's really easy. Like it's not, it doesn't yeah. seem that complex. And what's funny about it is there's a lot of hotkeys <clears throat> that if you don't like watch, if you don't watch streamers, you would never know that like hitting QQ taps all your lands for mana like all at once like there's a lot of hotkeys that people don't know I had about no idea that did that yeah if you so if you're so like <laughs> if you have if you're casting an x mana spell and you want to use all your mana if you hit qq it'll tap all your lands for you and it'll show how many how much mana you have and so like there's a lot of things That's like really that weird. that people don't know so for the longest time dude i swear i would i would press random buttons because i'm like listen this is so Let's stupid see what this does well I, no i was like one of these buttons has to add a card when i'm in this yeah, this right, view right right but they don't it, but they never did yeah that's really frustrating right yeah that part that part is that's kind of sucky <laughs> like it's just there's little things like that that like i'm like okay how do i or every time i move something like if i switch this switch this the view um my search goes back to the beginning yeah that's annoying too. so if yeah. i have blue black and red selected i'm like halfway through the black cards and i'm like oh let me add one of these to the deck and so i switch the view and then i go back and i'm like oh it's already at the it's back at the blue again then you start scrolling again right and someone's <laughs> like you could just easily unselect the blue and i'm like i shouldn't have to because that also <laughs> removes like the blue black cards and like the the black cards that have a blue activation in them you know what i mean like yeah yeah, that's the other thing. Tell, tell me how many times you st- how many times you filter by anything. Literally, like any filter whatsoever. Just one filter. What's the card that always shows up? I'm trying to think. It's Kenrith. white. Yes, it's Kenrith. <laughs> it's Kenrith every time. It's Kenrith every fucking time. I'm like, oh, because you have every color on you. I get it. Kenrith is like, hey guys, what's oh up? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hold on. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, Kenrith oh, is always there, and all the mi- all the Mythos cards too, the Mythos ones that are not in your color because they're like they're they're tricolored, they're shard colored. Yeah, <sighs> yeah oh. all the Mythoses too. Yeah, 
like the Abzan mythos and the Jeskai mythos, and you're like, oh, okay, this is oh god. There's just little things that I wish they would fix, you know. Like, I mean, it's not, it's super not. It's a small complaint, but like, it's a definitely a quality of life fix that like will add to every single game I play on there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm I'm uh, at the end of the day. I'm having fun. It's a little annoying stuff, but man, I, I'm having fun. I, I do like the client. Um, I remember when it first came out, I would not play it. I would not play it. I only played Moto, and I kept saying, I don't play Hearthstone because it looks kind of childish. looks like a cartoon game, but man, do I love the client for the most part, and the formats right now have been, right now, are, are pretty sweet. Yeah, I've been enjoying Historic, and now I want to go build that demonic pack deck because it seems really amazing. So, uh... I'll see you guys later. I mean, I, I think we're at the end, right? We are actually at the end. We're at like 50 minutes right now. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this historic content. Let us know what you think of historic in general as a format and uh, if you're enjoying it. I, I've I've enjoyed it a ton, especially since Teferi has been gone, especially since Wilderness Reclamation is gone. It feels like a new format, and uh, it, it feels kind of cool. It feels almost like playing Pioneer. Yeah, on MTG Arena, which is super nice. Yep, and, they've, um, they've they've made so they've made the right changes, I think, so far, and I think next week they're going to continue to do so, and I'm looking forward to it. But you also get really broken cards like Phyrexian Tower that you can't play in Pioneer, so you know. The, well, I mean that kind of that and Thoughtseize, right? They got to go. <laughs> One of those definitely. What's the re- what's and and what's the common what's the common theme among both of them? They're both black. No, no, no. They both have the letter T in it. Tower and Thoughtseize. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.